0: to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations.
1: (laughs) True healing takes place when all three areas... Mind, body, and spirit become healed and integrated. Integration may mean accepting what is. It does not mean all our physical issues will go away, or we will no longer have problems to deal with. What happens is that even with these issues and problems, we now respond differently. We have an expanded view of interconnectedness. We want to grow to a place where we can serve others and move beyond taking care of only what is in front of us. This philosophy or way of believing may not be for everyone, but those who feel called to serve will understand the feeling when it comes knocking. The question is, will we answer? Lori Texera believes everyone should love who they are and live a happy life, a life not stopped or impeded by a trauma they've experienced. When we undergo one trauma, a piece inside of us can break. And multiple traumas can leave us feeling broken, unhappy, anxious, depressed, unworthy, and disconnected. Healing can bring back wholeness. From a place of wholeness, we can show up differently in the world. We can be happier and healthier within ourselves. We can have better relationships with our family and others. The ripple effect of us changing can expand not only into our families, but our neighborhoods, communities, workplaces, and the larger world. When we are whole, we are not in competition, but community. We can build each other up instead of tearing each other down for our differences. We can create a better world for the next generations. Valeria Tellez interviews Laurie Texera, the author of Claiming My Light. In search of meaning, healing trauma through conversations, connections, and spirituality. Lori Texera is a licensed clinical social work therapist specializing in treating PTSD, anxiety, phobias, and depressive disorders. Her practice provides effective and simple techniques for working through distressing emotions and cognitive blocks brought on by trauma that are interfering with life, health, and relationships. She graduated from Boston University in 1987 and has worked for 30 years in private and clinical practices. From 2007 to 2011, she worked in the military's behavioral health department, located on a base that serves some 5,000 soldiers and their families. She is trained in sensory-based psychotherapies that have proven to be successful in treating both military deployment-related traumas and other traumatic events. Her series, In Search of Meaning, Healing Trauma Through Conversations, Connections, and Spirituality, documents her experiences, observations, and personal transformations surrounding some of her more challenging work that inspires her life. She lives with her family in Georgia. Meet Lori at HealWithLori.com. Here is the interview with Lori Texera.
0: In your own words, who
2: is Lori Texera? (laughs) Hi, what a great opening question. So who is Lori Texera? I would say that Lori Texera is a woman who has been on an incredible journey, I think a life journey, um, that is culminating at this point in owning her power, owning who she is, and I realizing that I am on a greater purpose and mission here as a spiritual being who is here to help others heal and to kind of partner with them on their journey. I think probably, um, you know, 15 years ago, I would have said, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a daughter, I'm a mother, I'm a sister, I'm a really good friend. But this journey over the past 15 years has really been a very powerful spiritual journey for me um, in which I feel like I am starting to live in my true purpose. And this journey will continue. And I'm just really excited to be on it. Do you
0: somehow connect these empowering energies that for some reason has been always here, but now felt more deeply than before. Do you connect that to the events in 2020?
2: I think for me, it began earlier than 2020 in me being prepared for 2020. I feel 15 years ago, I was being guided. I was um, working for the state, doing different jobs, and I was guided to go and work for the military at that point. And when I did that, I did not want to go and work for the military. That was a place I didn't want to go and work for. I didn't want to work specifically on trauma. And I didn't want to work with trauma that was coming back from war. I didn't have real experience with it um, and didn't feel what I was good at or equipped with was going to be good enough. Uh, But I feel like God had other plans for me. And every time I refused, the universe constructed something else and I ended up going to work for the military. (laughs) So I think that I have been prepared to really then work on trauma and really discover healing trauma. And that brought me to 2020, where I heard now you've been prepared You're going to need to go more one-to-many. I love
0: the way you say that, guided, Mm -hmm. being guided. That is very, again, inspirational. It feels to me. And I often ask, who is guiding us? Who or what? I know in your book you mentioned God, and you're a very spiritual person. So Mm -hmm. I think the question is, if you feel God is guiding you through this reality, the question is,
2: what, who, and where is God? God to me is um, the creator of earth. Um, I feel like this is his planet. I feel he's everywhere. I also feel God is in all of us if we choose to believe or whatever that is that we believe in. It is the energy of love and mm. greatness and greater that truly connects us as spiritual beings living mm-hmm. as humans.
0: Mm, I love that. One of the interesting things that I hear from some of my guests who are religious, they talk about God using the pronoun he, and then I often ask, could he be a she? <laughs> or it, like as the spirit? I won't ask you because you already um, uh, you added that beautiful phrase about the energy of love.
2: God to me doesn't necessarily have a Gender. So I part of my, I feel, awakening in spirituality is when I learned that I could truly have this individual relationship with God that was beyond religion. And that when I could surrender to that and then hear in my prayer and meditation time, this inner knowing of what I was kind of hearing and sensing and being guided, and then other things would start to show up. So for me, God is not a gender. God is just this beautiful, magnificent creator energy. Is there a purpose or what is the purpose
0: with trauma? Yeah, what is the meaning of trauma when we carry
2: them or when we experienced trauma? So trauma for me is just any distressing event that has happened in our life. So with that, everyone has been through a trauma. And through our childhood, we go through multiple traumas that we might not necessarily remember sometimes or identify as Um, traumatic, but growing up in families in which there's sometimes um, alcohol or drugs or um, abuse, neglect in some way, and it can also be car accidents. It can be chronic health issues from a parent. There's so many different um, ways that we experience a distressing event that doesn't um, become processed or healed at the time. And most of the time as children, we don't know what needs to be healed. We don't speak to it or we're, you know, parents want to, other adults want to just hold us and say, it's okay. You're right. You don't need to cry. It's good. We got this. And we don't necessarily process it. Um, So I think everyone has trauma. It is some have more than others and some have ones in which are more, what is the word that I want to just use? not bigger because our experience of it is our experience of it, but ones in which we thought that we might die. So it has an added piece to it. Do you see a destination
0: for healing trauma? And if you do, what would that be? How do you envision that
2: place, the healed place? The healed place is knowing that it is an experience that we have experienced, but it doesn't have to define who we are at some point in our life. At some point in our life, we can say, I have experienced it, but I no longer want to have it affect my life in the way that it has. And I might not know specifically how to heal it, but I want to find ways in which to do that because ultimately I deserve to be happy. Those around me deserve um, to also be happy and to have me be happy and to be able to be connected and truly share love and joy uh, that we're all supposed to feel. So, so true.
0: I love that, um, the idea that we can be open to it. And I wonder why so many of us are not. We don't lean into the uh, the traumas we have, the negativity, you know, the darkness per se. We tend to try to escape, run away Push it away, so what have you found within your clients that made them open to be healed?
2: I think at some point it it comes to a place where they say I can no longer live the way in which I am living, and I need something to be different and what I learned when I uh, went to work for the the military and started to look for healing modalities that would help heal, but not have the person have to re-experience the trauma. It was really important for me to not have them have to do that. It was already lived one time, and that to me was enough. So I really was asking to be led to techniques and other things that would not have people really continue to re-experience the trauma. And I was Um, able to find those techniques. Uh, So I feel like I, when people come and work with me, I give them hope that we don't have to go through all of knowing what that specific trauma was, talking about all the pieces of it, how you felt, what happened over and over again for it to be healed.
0: I love that idea too. I know you mentioned in the book EMDR, so well, I
2: started with EMDR in the military. Um, and then what happened was sometimes it couldn't be finished within the session time. But it opened my eyes for the first time to know that emotions could be released from an event. So you could think about the event and no longer have the emotion. So if you didn't feel the emotion, you could do something different. And it was eye-opening to me because you, you weren't taught that in social work school. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> true. Um, anyway, I was <laughs> talking and you know um, processing stuff and looking at different ways and, and doing different things. But it wasn't this thing that to me was magical that that happened. But I knew if there was a technique such as EMDR, then maybe there were other techniques that did similar but could be done within the session time. I know you mentioned others too, which I'm
0: familiar with. Is the freedom emotional? Emotional freedom technique? Yeah,
2: that's a powerful one. Amazing. Too. So uh, I ended up going from EMDR and then adding um, emotional freedom technique into the mix. And at that point when I was doing it, I was going to become certified and Gary Craig retired. And I said, no, no. you can't do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, right? uh. But I remembered on one of his huh. videos that there was a woman um, named Tapas in there who was doing another technique. And I looked her up and she had a certification. And when I tried what she did, it was amazing in what it released in me in a very beautiful way and kind of in under 30 minutes. That's incredible how the body holds on like to
0: these energetic patterns, right, Mm -hmm.
2: Laurie? Yes. Amazing. But when that was released, it was like, okay, I can do that. And other thing about being in the military that looking back was soldiers who came in who were ready to let this trauma go and, and, When I said, I'm learning something, uh, you're willing to try, it was yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, because really just wanted things to be different. They wanted to feel different, and when they did, then they would keep coming back. And uh, so it was just this beautiful learning process of seeing this healing happening in front of me from nightmares disappearing to being less angry to other trauma going. It was just such a reciprocal, beautiful thing that, again, we say sometimes you can't put words to things was, um, yeah. Uh, another question that came to me is, it seems like
0: when it comes to trauma, it can be released through techniques that kind of bypass the logical thinking of the mind and then just steps into the body and the energy that's in the body, stuck in the body. So that is interesting because we hear a lot about the emotions being connected to thinking, the way we think affects our emotions and then we become what we think, but we we'll feel the way we think. But this is different or it's just a different way, right, Laura,
2: a different path of healing. It's a different path of healing. I was working with a client this morning who um, I, we've worked for about three sessions together, but he asked me today, like, how does this really work? Because I'm feeling all kind of changes, but how does this and, you know, the best I can say is the body stores all the body and the spirit. not just the physical body. It's the spirit that we are connected um, that also wants to share the information because it doesn't want to hold on to the trauma anymore. And these beautiful techniques um, help identify what that is without us having to go back and say, it could be this, it could be this, it could be that. It is told to us. Or it's told to you, it gives you information so that you can say, wait a minute, I've been feeling this, my stomach has been hurting, and I just feel angry. So there's this connection of physical and this emotion that's stored uh, in the body and the spirit, and it's ready to say, I'm ready to let it go. And it does.
0: Would you replace the word spirit
2: with soul? Is that the same thing, Laurie? A different. So, I, to me, I know people can interchange that. I always feel like the soul is this, this whole entity that has been through multiple lifetimes and stores all of our information from all of these lifetimes. But mm-hmm. to me, I feel like spirit can come in just this one lifetime to help mm-hmm. us do what we're meant to do in this lifetime. So I view it as a little bit different, but I know sometimes it is an interchangeable word. I think in the work that I've done, I've seen it feel to me a little bit different, but are connected. So it is, again, this beautiful interplay of a relationship of the soul, the physical body, and the spirit that all are interconnected and work together and need each other. I
0: love the way you say that because... It resonates true to me that everything is connected. There's no separation, really, but it feels like that. It's our perception that creates the separation. There's a section in your book that you beautifully say that. Uh, you say, True healing takes place when all three areas, mind, body, and spirit, become healed and integrated. Integration may mean accepting what it is or what is. It does not mean all physical issues will go away or we will no longer have problems to deal with. That's another misconception that we usually have, that when everything is integrated and now we know we are whole and life is this amazing adventure, (laughs) that then we'll have no more problems or issues. But it's um, clearly a misconception because it still happens.
2: It still happens. I feel that when something new happens, because it will happen, is that we have tools and techniques to know that we can, again, move through it much more faster, easier. We don't have to hold on to it. I think about
0: Buddhism and the idea of attachment, not Mm -hmm. attaching to anything too tightly, (laughs) because that creates suffering.
1: Mm -hmm. And then
0: I wonder how we can do that when it comes to people we love, or, yeah, attaching to others in a loving way. Yeah, I usually ask the question. I'm not sure how I asked that question, but from my own experience, it has been interesting to see that it's almost a signing up <laughs> to suffer. It's almost like being open to love deeply, knowing that we will hurt deeply.
2: Yes, and I think we are uh, we meant to experience both. I think, yes, there is where we grow. It is more that we don't have to live in suffering. And I think for so long both through re, through sometimes religion and um, families and generations, there has been so much suffering. So it feels like that is what you power through and maybe always kind of try and power through in your life. And I feel like that was an old belief that we don't have to hold on to anymore. So is it different for you, the idea of or the concept of pain and suffering?
0: Are they the same from your perspective or somehow different?
2: I would put them to me. I would interchange those two words. And sometimes pain I would also maybe put in just the physical sense of physically growing through chronic pain. But otherwise, yeah, for me, i uh, I kind of interchange both of those.
0: You wrote the book, Claiming My Light. I love that title. It's just beautiful. These three words together. (laughs) In Search of Meaning, Healing Trauma Through Conversations, Connections, and Spirituality. Talk to me for a moment, Laurie, about the main inspiration, because I know this book you have written, it's about your own story. Mm-hmm. of how trauma and, and how understanding yourself has led you, guided you to where you are today. So I'd love to for the listeners to know more about the inspiration and the intention of writing this book.
2: So the intention for the books came to me probably um, I know about uh, eight years ago when I was uh, working. And at that point, I thought it was going to be five stories of trauma. Clients who I was working with in the military and kind of sharing their story and their um, healing, uh, working on healing. And then it kind of went away. And it came back the thought that it was time for me to write when the pandemic happened. I was like, okay. And the first client, the first book, um, the Why Not Me book, it he was one of the clients who was part of the original five. And when I asked him, I said, OK, I am feeling like I'm supposed to write the book now. And I think it's supposed to be about you. And his response to me was, it's about time. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> what? You have to do it before. You uh, haven't done it now, Lori. So are yeah. you ready to do it now? And I was like, yes. And the book ended up being written in um, three months and published. So it was time. So I believe that things happen at the right time. Um, and when that book was finished, I heard, you know, it's time to write your story now. Was <laughs> like, mm-hmm. no, 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 I'll just write other people's. <laughs> and it's like, no, you're going to talk about you. So I was like, okay. Um, but I feel <laughs> the books and the few that are supposed to come out, I, I hear five, are really meant to be the exchange also of um, the therapy relationship and the trust that builds and sort of the hope initially that I also hold that healing is going to take place. And if you if my client doesn't share the hope, I hold it for both of us because I know the power and what can truly happen. So the hope is that whether you're a therapist working with clients on trauma or you are a client that is going through a person's going through trauma, you can find something in the book that says healing can. Take place, so please start the journey with someone.
0: That's the that beautiful path of walking together <laughs> mm-hmm. to heal. I love that we can be open. It's not even humble; it's just open to ask for help, to learn, isn't it?
2: Become curious and and the connection. I think the you know trauma kind of isolates people sometimes. So to have mm-hmm. the therapeutic connection also uh, really reinforced to me how important that connection can be. I had one of my clients at one point when I asked him, where is his safe place? If he envisions it when he needs to, where is that place? And he said to me at the time, it's this blue couch. Uh, the yeah. And I wasn't expecting yeah. to hear that speech <laughs> <on> in <laughs> my yeah. backyard uh, uh, when he said that to me. I'm mm-hmm. so uh, humble and in awe and thankful and grateful and all of these mixed emotions, but it reinforced the power of the therapeutic relationship that sometimes I um, don't always pay so much attention to. I pay attention to it, but you know, it's sort of like let's heal and do that. And I was reminded of wow, Lori, no, a lot is starting out the trust and how important it is for people to have a relationship in which they can trust someone and be themselves and feel safe.
0: Yes. And we know how vulnerability connects us deeply. That's it might be Want a factor, right, Laurie? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I love that question. What makes you feel safe? I was just kind of um, for a moment wondering here, and I would love to ask you that question to you and myself, actually.
2: What makes you feel safe? So, for me, um, every morning before I even kind of open up my eyes, I am uh, laying there in prayer meditation and mm-hmm. just kind of praying for coverage and for protection and support and I kind of run through my day of what I'm doing everybody that I'm coming into contact with that I know of to ask them to also be protected and safe and that our exchange be for the highest of of both of us. So I think that that starts off my day because if I'm running late or I hit the snooze one time and I feel like I can cut a little bit of that short, I feel a difference in my day.
0: Mm. So it's that connection with the spiritual world. It is that connection. Yeah. I feel the same way. That's interesting. Yeah. You made me think about that now. And yeah, that's it. We wish for everyone to see that, right, Laurie? Mm -hmm. To be able to be in touch with the spiritual, sacred world. How do you work with your clients? Do they meet you online? Do they find you uh, through the website? Are they able to book a section there? If somebody wants to talk to you, what's the easiest way to find you?
2: So many of my um, clients come through referrals, so that has been another beautiful thing. But anyone else who is interested can go to my um, website. It's healwithlaurie.com. And they can um, schedule a free consultation with me to talk about what it is that they um, are going through. And we talk about how I can help partner with them to heal whatever it is that they would like uh, to heal and are ready to start their journey.
0: Are there uh, specific traumas that you work with or all of them,
2: Laurie, all kinds? I think all because the... Techniques don't, again, we don't have to process the specific trauma. So what is whatever the person views as their trauma or how it is uh, impacting their life presently? Because what has not been yet healed can still greatly affect us in our present. Um so sort of what is it also in their present that they would like to see be different? Um, and those usually will connect back. And with that, I do
0: have a question about what are some of the signs to look for, in a way, for these hidden, unhealed parts in us without going through really deep suffering? Because usually, as you mentioned earlier, that's the easiest way to really go deeper into healing. But how do we learn to identify unhealed patterns within ourselves in our daily lives?
2: Well, many people say that, that they can identify difficulties in their relationships or struggles on the job at work. Also, if you just sit with yourself and listen to those voices that we have, um, a lot of times those critical voices that we hear of being worthless or I'm feeling guilt or shame or anxiety are kind of all indications that something can be healed because something is having those voices be there in um, and, and which we can hear that don't need to be there. Do they ever go away? They go, is- I believe that many of them go away. Some, again, uh-huh. try and come back. Yeah. <laughs> really, I, uh-huh. I know what you're trying to do, but you will not win out. Uh-huh. I get you. I love you. You're part of me. But we <laughs> can uh, move forward.
0: Uh, so it is, like you said, it's having those tools, right? Yes. Of to dance yes. that dance mm-hmm. with all voices. Yes. <laughs> I love that. So we're almost at the end, and I want to comment about some section in your books, a declaration. I love that section, though, where you outline what you know from the experiences you had in life. Beautifully written in so many ways. I love this one. You say, I know I am working on living my life's purpose, and I am loving the journey. Loving the journey. That caught my attention. It is a sign, isn't it, Laurie, when we are kind of open and integrated with all parts of life. uh, It it seems like it's easy to be happy, isn't it? So much easier (laughs)
2: to be light. And as I was working to find techniques and, and help clients, That was my process of healing self because all the techniques were being done. I was working with others and my healing was happening. So I could firsthand say, I know how and what it has changed in me, what it has healed in me, what peace I feel, what clarity I have, what confidence I have. I know all of that stuff was by my own stuff being healed. And some of it I know, others I don't, other parts I don't even know what was healed, but I felt differences. So... Um, I know what can happen if people start their own journey because my journey is 15 years in the making and will continue for, uh, I think, till I take my last breath. And I love the
0: section also the questions you ask, the inspiring questions you ask under the uh, the section called "In Search of Meaning." Mm-hmm. I know you have. I did mention, I believe, the companion journal book. So this yes. is your third book, right, Laurie, mm-hmm. in the series? It is, so yes. So I love those questions. There is one question that um, three of them caught my attention. I have here, you ask, do you remember a time when you stood up for yourself and really felt empowered? I love that. Because interesting it makes us kind of reflect on our own journey and where we are at. For me, it has been really a um, challenging one to create boundaries, Since I was really young, I would say yes to everything and -hmm. then get hurt badly. (laughs) And then to this day, it's still a challenge. I'm very much aware of it, but it's uh, an interesting challenge to say no. I would love to hear from you some of your suggestions for those people like myself (laughs) that
2: has a hard time saying no. It is about sometimes when we say no, it really is one of the greatest gifts that we can give ourself and part of it is by when we do so much for others it does feel rewarding to us and it is part almost of maybe who we are that we are here to help serve others but then we kind of learn at some point we may be doing so much that when we are needing help or could use a little help all of the people that we help kind of say, no, I'm busy, I love you, but I'll do this and I can't do it today, can you wait till next weekend? We're like, well, wait a minute, I give a pack of my stuff to help other people. And when I feel like sometimes I need something, it's not um, being reciprocated. So with that, it's trying to say, okay, how do I have a balance in that? Because we are all meant to both give and receive. And when we are the givers and not really receiving enough, it's depleting. So I think it's about being kind to ourselves, even though it may feel hard to tell someone no.
0: Mm, yes.
2: And saying no to them sometimes allows them to go and find other solutions, because sometimes we are the solution when we don't need to be the solution. Mm, we don't yeah. realize that?
0: I feel like women tend to do that more often than men do. Oh, I agree. Yes,
2: we <laughs> do. Right. Yeah. Been giving that gift—it
0: <laughs> <laughs> It is a gift. I agree. I love the way you said that, too. It's part of who we are right? Mm-hmm. to give. But then we need to create that balance. It's a balance that's missing. That's what yes. it is, that piece. So I love your work. I love your intention. This way of giving that you have, the way of delivering, communicating profound messages. It's truly, truly beautiful. Thank you, Laurie, for doing what you do. Thank you. And then uh, my ending questions, let's see. Before I ask them, I have about two or three of them. Would you like to add anything else or read a message, a passage in your book?
2: I think I would just like to say that at any moment, any day, we can decide that we would like to change our life and to be able to find someone that will help us Do that. And once I think we open to that, more help comes along the way. So I just want to encourage anyone at any time you can begin your journey because it is a never ending journey. But you really do deserve to feel what it's like to really be at peace, happy, confident in yourself, and most of all, loving who you are because we're all created to love who we are, love mm-hmm.
0: yes. to act Yes, a billion times to that. And it's so sometimes, sometimes not always so clear that it's uh, how, what we are, and who we are, it's so beautiful and so pure and so whole. But then it's that dance again, that balance, right, Laurie? Yes, of, yes. Um, what a beautiful adventure <laughs> this is. <laughs> and with that in mind, what do you love most about being in the human body?
2: I love being able to um, physically uh-huh. get a hug from uh-huh. others, uh, yes. yeah. to laugh mm. Mm. Right, and smile and to really be able to walk in nature and appreciate um, what's around us and the beauty of it, to be able to see it, smell it, taste uh-huh. it. There's just so many beautiful things about being in the physical body.
0: There's so much beauty. The question is, can we see it? Can we see it? Yes. Yeah. What is another word for
2: healing? Healing is uh, allowing. I think uh, the experiences that we have had to not again um, tell us who we are. We are a combination of some of our. We are a combination of our experiences. But any moment we can determine who we are to become from them.
0: And my last question is, what three experiences you wish everyone to have before they lose the body, before they die?
2: To truly feel that they, each of us is worthy of love, that we each have a gift to offer others, and that we are all here to share in this experience and not be isolated from each other are all humans sharing this experience, so we shouldn't be divided. We should be unified.
0: Uh, another, another billion yeses to that, uh, to that vision, which seems to be happening in this reality now. I mean, we are all connected. There's no separation at the uh, spiritual level. It's the human experience in the body that kind of obscures that kind of... Um, uh, I, th- I think it's a focus, isn't it? It's not even the, the human experience. It's just that the focus we have is the perceptions we have, the way we have been taught, the conditionings. They get in the way and blur our vision.
2: Yes. Yeah, so it's hopefully that we can start to challenge, especially all ones that no longer serve us.
0: And it is happening now, I think, mm-hmm. Lori. I see that more often. Something is happening. So again, I want to thank you for your presence here today. Uh, your beautiful work, this intention to help others, and how beautiful you are. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And before we say goodbye, again, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects?
2: It is all on my website at healwithlaurie.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much again, Laurie. Thank we'll you. talk soon.
0: Bye for now. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening. To learn more about Lori Texera and her work, please visit HealWithLori.com.
0: To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.